everyone. Welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. Every week, we bring you simple answers to help your homeschool family thrive. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. On today's episode, I'm joined by Chris and Andrea Elston of Shine a Light Press. We're going to be talking really practically about enhancing or filling in the holes of curriculum by strategically utilizing literature. You don't want to miss this. Today's podcast is brought to you by Summit Ministries. Young Christians have a lot of questions, big questions about life, love, the Bible, God, and so much more. At Summit Ministries, they give high school and college students a place to explore those big ideas with today's leading Christian thinkers. If you want your kids to become more confident in their faith, send them to a student conference with Summit this summer. The time is now. Give your child an unshakable faith that can withstand the challenges of today's world. Visit summit.org. Again, that website is summit, S-U-M-M-I-T dot org. So now let's get ready to talk literature with Chris and Andrea Elson. Hey, you guys, welcome back to another edition of the Teach Them Diligently podcast. I'm excited to have Andrea and Chris Elston on the podcast today. They are the founders of Shine a Light Press, and they've got some really great resources over there. But today we're going to talk specifically about literature and supplementing core curriculum with literature and why we want to do that, what we can benefit, what kind of tools are available, all this stuff that's always at the forefront of our mind as we're thinking we want a more literature-rich education for our kids. So Chris and Andrea, welcome to the podcast today. I'm so glad you're here. Thank glad to be you. Here. Thank for you for us. having us. Yeah. Well, you are so, so welcome. Can you tell us before we dive in um, just a little bit about your background and why you're so passionate about literature it's, it's so much so that you've started a press? <laughs> yes, sure. Yeah, I um, have been in the education world for over 20 years. I got my elementary education um, degree and um was placed actually uh, in the Seattle area to do my student teaching at a private school there and loved it so much and had such a great experience that I stayed. They hired me on when my student teaching was done and I was there for 20 years. Wow. uh, Teaching everything I taught first grade and second grade mostly. And I had a short stint in fourth grade. And um, throughout those years, I always loved books. I loved literature. And the years of teaching and getting to share that love with my students just grew with every passing year. And I, I think it stemmed from I had a college professor who taught my children's lit class. And she was fabulous and just inspired me to find my own love of literature, which was not hard to kindle. <laughs> and it, um, I just admired her so much and I wanted to, she inspired me. So I wanted to further inspire my own students and uh, build in them the excitement for literacy, as we know, is the building blocks really of um, education and learning. So um I 
always found that in the set curriculum, our uh, schools, I'm going to say, quote, required us to teach, uh, there were always holes, um, places that needed more. Um, and I said, quote, required, because the school I was in was fabulous in letting the teachers um, supplement where needed. Um, of course, we were, you know, had to maintain the core um, curriculum standards and the um, set objectives. But if we found that the curriculum we were provided wasn't accomplishing that, we were free to go out and supplement. Um, so I capitalized <laughs> on that freedom as much as I could and um, found books that I knew would interest my students. And I could always tell if there was a unit that they were dragging, you know, they weren't just quite as engaged as I wanted them to be. Um, I would go out and find a book that I could use to um, gain their interest and then pull out the educational components of, you know, picture books, even Dr. Seuss and, um, if you look hard enough, you can really find educational components in almost every uh, piece of literature. And that was a challenge to myself. And I loved challenging myself as a teacher. <laughs> and so um, that's basically kind of how I started with finding the importance. I just found way more success with my students when I really? was able to do that. Yeah, yeah it engaged um even my non-learners that just were disinterested when I brought out a, a picture book or a novel and I could use the voices and I could, you know, really engage their learning, um, they suddenly became interested in what I had to say, <laughs> which is always your goal as a teacher. Yeah, that's helpful. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, I want to follow up to something that you said you noted that there were always holes or, you know, you needed more in all of that curriculum. And a lot of us who are homeschool moms, I think, kind of have a sense of that as well. Like, but we aren't, it's hard to put your finger on sometimes, you know, you're like, oh, I just feel like there should be something here. Like we could do more with this. There would be something better. So can you flesh that out for us a little bit? What, what kind of holes were you seeing? What kind of more were you wanting? Uh, basically it came from, um, trying to meet the needs of the different levels in my classroom. Um, the I taught um, Bob Jones and Becca, and um, you know those great and necessary, um, for lack of better terms, big box curriculum right. providers um, kind of have just um, they're built for more of a middle of the road student you know they kind of want to meet as many of the um, mainstream abilities as possible and I just found that um, I needed more from that um, curriculum and with literature I was able if I had a class that 
was a little bit um, developmentally uh, below a standard I was used to, then I could take what was being taught in the curriculum, the standards, and go and find um, more appropriate um, literature that could get the same concept across to them and vice versa if I had a class that was as a whole developmentally more advanced advanced and had a higher ability level then I just had more freedom to um, look at what literature was out there that I could um, excite them with Um, I took like for instance um, Charlotte's Web I loved reading that to um, my class and I would find ways to implement that book across the board. So when I was reading that to them, we would do a unit on spiders uh, for science. And um, for social studies, I would weave in um, the themes of friendship and the necessary necessary element of um, relationships and problem solving. Look at what was the problem in the book? What were the possible solutions? um, How were the solutions solved? um, Evaluating those solutions and did they pick the best one? It turned out great in the book, but (laughs) (laughs) what could have been better? And then in Bible, I used a lot of literature in Bible. I found that, um, you know, Bible should be the most exciting part (laughs) of my day in teaching that. And um, I found just sometimes the kids couldn't relate to the stories themselves in the Bible. So I would pull out the different themes um, that I needed to get across from the biblical story and apply it to the mm. book I was reading. So, for instance, with Charlotte's Web, um, you know, with my littles, I would just pull out God's creativity and creation and all the different animals um, that were in the book. And then when I did the older students and taught them, um, we compare and contrast the farm life with our life as believers and our life in the church. And how as a church community do we need to work together, you know? And um, there's a place for everybody, including the Templetons, you know, like <laughs> Charlotte's Web, who had a little bit of a... Uh, difficult personality (laughs) in life, we encounter those people and they're in the church and uh, we need to learn. He played an integral part in the story. Um, And so just kind of applying those elements into the core curriculum elements, just to bring a little more interest. Yeah. And we, you know, we did, when the kids were growing up, we did an awful lot of unit studies, kind of like you were alluding to, where you take one work and you extract all of this stuff from it. Mm -hmm. And it's so fascinating to see how, 
how just having something solid to base those other lessons on. So you've got this story and it gives context and it gives, it makes it, I guess, more practical, more real. And so I found that the, the light bulb moments, those where you clearly see understanding on other concepts was a lot more frequent when we were doing more unit study type learning, especially when the kids were younger, um, because you're just tying so many things together. Yes. Yes. I, Absolutely agree with that. And I found, especially in teaching the older students, that, you know, reading books like Charlotte's Web or any novel um, that didn't specifically mention God, it's not a Christian novel, uh, you can pull out, just like that Bible lesson reference, you can pull out so much rich um, biblical value and um, biblical principles from books like that. And that's so critical in raising a generation of critical thinkers. Right. Um, I just so see the importance of um, faith-based education, to be sure. Um, yeah, you got to have the foundation and everything. Yes. But it's good to teach them to look for it where it's not obvious too. Right. Absolutely. And we definitely, um, in the products we offer, that's why we offer the supplemental materials just to give, um, parents and teachers the opportunity to kind of lead them into leading their students, um, to pull those out. We want to raise a generation of critical thinkers. And if we're just, handing them all the answers. Um, right. They're not thinking for themselves. Yeah. Well, and, and I really want to take a second here to just plug again, reading aloud with your family, yeah. um, because when you are reading good literature aloud, yes. you are able to get some amazing conversations going. You're able to see into the heart and the mind, how, how your child's mind works in ways that are so organic, they're so authentic, and you're you're learning together without anybody actually recognizing that's what's going on, which is, is part of the beauty of it all. Yes. Yes, I love that about literature. It, it allows you to enter into um, a, a, re, a reality, a story world, without the responsibility of it, you know, so you can have discussions about this fictional reality. Um, And yeah, really did. I found that with um, my classes for sure. The book discussions were always so rich and I found that literature offered a few more opportunities for that. Um, when I would look through the curriculum, I was provided um, if I knew that the set script uh, for that particular lesson or particular unit just was not going to work. That's when I set out to um, find something that would. Yeah, yeah. And this does fit the bill so many ways. Well, I wanted to ask you, you know, you have alluded to 
teaching the littles and you've taught fourth grade. So can you help us for the families out there who are thinking, you know, I am at whatever stage they are, how does this apply or look different at the different ages and stages of your kids' education? Um, I would say mostly just in length of literature selection. So um, mostly to encourage families, they're going to know their kids the best and they're going to know what's going to interest them the best. So, um, or the most. Um, So I would suggest if you have a younger child um, pulling out those picture books Um, just really being observant and knowing what interests them the most and finding developmentally appropriate books for them to enjoy. And yes, 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 even with the older kids, reading aloud, I wanted to go back to that, is so important. I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, So I would encourage parents, I know it, it takes time, Uh, But to read with their children, even in the older um, grades. Chris and I have talked about this a lot, that some of our fondest memories of school was when our teacher read to us. Absolutely. Sixth grade. Yeah. Um, My teacher read us Indian in the Covered, and I loved that. (laughs) Yeah. One of the first studies we wrote together, actually, um, my first novel was a middle grade novel called the four corners and it's basically about the importance of family so we thought it was really appropriate to write a bible study supplement that went with it that the family can do together so that would be a perfect you know that reading aloud and then actually using that as a bible study in a family gets a lot of discussion going yeah and i would even encourage um the older your kids are the more um resources available so I even when I did fourth grade I would use picture books um, that I found that I could extract more um, advanced themes I personally love Dr. Seuss I loved using Horton Hatches the Egg when I taught <laughs> faithfulness you know yep. and um, there's the kids I would say um, don't think, oh, I can't use this picture book with my sixth grader. You know, um, you can. You can. Absolutely, yes. If there's an interest there and there's a theme you can pull out from that. Um, they might balk at it at first, but secretly, deep down, they love it. <laughs> Well, yeah, and and picture books are great for creativity. You know, even having them weave a story, creative writing, all of these different things, as your kids get older, you're able to use those resources in totally different ways. And it actually, like you said, they may balk at it, but they love it. Anytime you're able to to throw something in that kind of catches them off guard, it it makes learning more fun. It makes it fresh. And that is a really big deal. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. And the other thing that I just wanted to kind of chime in on, you know, as your kids are getting older, 
supplementing literature with history and science, you know, especially let's just park on history for just a second. As they're studying a time period to read literature about or from that time period enriches their knowledge and gives them so much more context for the, the, you know, the facts that they're learning in history class, that it just makes the whole thing come alive. And then it connects to the next time period and so on and so forth because now you've got real characters, real people, real stories that you're tying to these these historical facts that, you know, we kind of, or our kids tend to time, to kind of um, make a little bit more sterile. Mm-hmm. So as you tie literature to those other subjects, as your kids are getting older, it enriches their understanding so much that their knowledge level goes way deeper as well. Yes. Yes. Agreed. You're basically, um, you know, the way our brains work, you're, you have to have a foundation to hang the new learning on. Um, I always, in my class, I would say we're putting up the closet rod, you know, we're building that (laughs) rod and then we're going to hang, um, articles of clothing along that rod. But if the rod is not secure, you got a messy closet. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All the hangers just fall off onto the floor. So uh, you're right. Literature just kind of establishes and strengthens that closet rod. Uh, So the learning just sticks more. It does. It does. And it's more enjoyable. And yeah. as a family that's doing it together, you're building memories together. You are, you have this, this story that gets woven into the tapestry of your family dynamic and it really enriches every area of your homeschool. So mm-hmm. um, super practical and helpful to incorporate literature as many ways as you can. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I always encourage parents to think back to books they loved as a child, you know, and either incorporate those or think, why did I like that book? What did I like about (laughs) it? And instill that in their children so they can find their own books that they love and will tell their kids about, you know. Right. Absolutely. Well, Chris, Andrea, we are just about out of time. But before we go, I want you to tell everybody about Shine a Light Press and what you've got available there. And then, you know, how people can interact with you uh, after the podcast. Okay, yes. Um, We started uh, the business um, to mostly because we had backgrounds that... um, would make it successful. Chris is an author of um, four middle grade and young adult novels. And with um, my background in the classroom, we knew we could combine our expertises. Is that a word? It is now. We'll call it that. (laughs) (laughs) And um, create something that would bless homeschooling families and private school educators. We have a passion for uh, faith-based education. I know from experience just how hard it is and um, how I depended on as many resources as I could get my hands on. And so stepping out of the classroom, then I wanted to still be a part of it in some way. And, um, so yeah, we 
started with Chris's books. I wrote, like you mentioned, the novel study and the family uh, study for that. And so I've taken on about 20 authors. And oh, wow. Love, um, uh, from actually a, across the globe, we have a couple in the Philippines and um, Canada and that we're looking at submissions and we um, view those submissions with their educational value. Um, we want to make sure that we provide resources that parents and teachers can use in their with their families or educational settings. So we have um, everything from picture books to uh, adult novels and almost all of our resources have either an activity packet that uh, supplement them and allow for their use to be extended into an educational setting. Um, our middle grade books um, have a novel, the novel studies high school, and then we have adult books um, that our author actually, some of the authors choose to write their own components, supplements oh, today. So um, we have a book, Cracks in the Floor of Heaven, um, which is one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. And she, the author of that book, Michelle Darun, wrote her own Bible study to go with it. And that's being used in churches. She's even hosting her own Bible study using her own book um, in Hawaii. And so we really just want to provide as many resources as possible to families as well as churches. Um, we have a section, uh, Shining, the light, Shining a Light on the Classics, um, because we know not only is good new literature valuable, but we don't want to forget um, the old. Right. So um, right now we have, we reprinted Pride and Prejudice in kind of a gift, um, as a gift item, uh, just a real pretty cover. And then we have an author who loves Jane Austen, who has written a devotional uh, based on the novel oh. and a Bible study based on the novel, kind of pulling out the relationship secrets that you find uh, in the novel and coming out will be a curriculum that you can use in school um, and based on that novel as well. Not really a novel study, but um, kind of pulling out some of those relational themes. Right. But using them in an educational setting and we'll do Sense and Sensibility uh, will be coming up along with Count of Monte Cristo that's on our slate right now. Well, fantastic. I assume with the Count of Monte Cristo, you're probably not doing the full unabridged. My kids had to read that one in high school, and it is a big book. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's a monster. So great story. But, and I didn't even realize, this is totally off topic, but um, I didn't even realize that what I had read was abridged. You know, I just figured it was the whole thing, but mm -hmm. they had to, for a, a co-op literature class, they had to do the unabridged and we get, we ordered it. And we're like, whoo, all righty, here we go. Then. 
<laughs> so <laughs> it was it was fan they all survived it. So, you know, it's all good. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, little chunks. Yeah. Exactly. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today. It's been a joy to talk literature with you. Yes, we Very love it. Yeah. And um our website is shinalightpress.com mm-hmm. and you can find uh, anything we talked about uh, today there and there's a page um, a connect a contact page where you can um, uh, have us yeah, yeah yeah submit questions and have us contact you and we're happy to do it we're passionate about what we do so awesome. we welcome that. Well, that's fantastic. So it's shinealightpress.com, and we will link that in the show notes as well. So be sure if you just want a quick link, head over there. If not, you can key it in. Pretty easy to remember. Um, so I hope that you guys have enjoyed this. I hope that you've gotten some practical insight, um, maybe some of the whys behind what you kind of felt like you should be doing and you were doing. You just didn't know why. Maybe uh, Andrea and Chris have been able to connect the dots for you a little bit today and um, just help you be more passionate, more confident as you're plugging in literature to support and enhance those core subjects. Have a great rest of your day and I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently. So we're here to help. We would love to get to know you this year at one of our four live Teach Them Diligently events. And then throughout the year, when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community, check out the notes from today's show for more details about what we discussed today, as well as all of these other resources that Teach Them Diligently has to offer. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon.